0: Off the ball My remit is the first team uh, Vinnie is head coach Rory Higgins is assistant head coach Their remit will go down as far as the 13s, 15s, 17s, 19s My remit my remit is solely the first team
1: The two ahead of us is There's a gap there we need to bridge And that's, that's all we can concentrate on We're not going to stand here and say we're going to win the league Because that, that's not what we're focused on We're focusing on catching the two ahead of us Obviously I think everyone hopes
2: it isn't going to be that way There's going to be a lot more teams involved um, you know, obviously the Docker team to beat they've you know, kept all their players um, their management team Vinnie, Vinnie Perth and uh, Rory Higgins obviously John Gill is coming
3: as well They appreciate the, the work that uh, I'm doing and, and the coaches are doing and uh, yeah there is a bit of an expectation, I try and like to dampen that down a little bit but you've no chance
4: I suppose the one thing people don't realise is the ability, skill and what those players are able to produce on certain nights and I think that might be enough just to, to, to do better than just, just survive.
5: I think what RTE are, are putting together here is more coverage, the league, not less. I think it's, it's, it's significantly sharper. It's, it's what the modern, I suppose, uh, consumer wants.
3: The best League of Ireland
6: podcast in the business. Brought to you by the Boyle Sports app. Cash out
3: and in-play betting available in the App Store and Google Play Store.
7: This
8: is Off The Ball. Hey, it's Jamie Moore here. Hello, you're very welcome to episode one of the Off The Ball League of Ireland podcast. Come with you from the 2019 SSE Airtricity League launch from the Aviva Stadium. With the new season just a couple of days away kicking off this Friday With all five Premier League games coming up at 7.45 Over the next hour or so we're going to be joined by men from all ten of those clubs And the FAI competitions director Fran Gavin Coming up Dundalk's John Gill, Cork City's John Caulfield Stephen McPhail of Shamrock Rovers St. Pat's new manager Harry Kenny And UCD boss Collie O'Neill Plus five players as well Waterford's Matt Connor Bohemian's Keith Buckley Sligo Rovers' Ronan Murray Derry captain Barry McNamee and new Finn Harp signing Sam Verdon All on the way We'll begin though With the champions Dundalk And their new manager First team coach Is his official title John Gill And after him It's former Dundalk man And now Sligo man Ronan Murray As those teams meet To open the season This Friday
9: John let's just clarify first Because I know people I was um, speaking to Dundalk Press officer last night The roles that yourself And Vinnie have So you're the first team coach At Dundalk this season
0: On first team coach My is the first team uh, Vinnie is head coach Murray Higgins is assistant head coach. Their remit will go down as far as you know, the 13s, 15s, 17s, 19s. My remit, my remit is solely the first team.
9: So, the relationship between yourself and Vini when it comes to first team matters. How do you, I suppose, divide responsibilities?
0: Well, it's, it's a discussion, it's a, it's, a, it's a management structure. It's probably a bit different and probably a bit hard for people to get their head around from outside the club, but we know a way it works. The players know exactly what way it works. It's been a seamless transition. Um, you know, like you're going in and filling a, a, a big pair of shoes, but I think you know, we, we've done that. Uh, it's been seamless. It's, 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 been, it's been a privilege to be around the group. Great, great motivated uh, bunch of players. Good management team, young management, vibrant management team behind it. It's, it's all systems go, it's business as usual.
9: You mentioned those big shoes, like Stephen Kenny, obviously leaving the club. It leaves a massive void, and I suppose, do you feel there's a little bit of pressure there because he's had so much success, and the the fans will expect the same kind of success over the next couple of seasons?
0: Yeah, I think I think that's not that's natural, but what, maybe what people you know tend to forget is that it wasn't only Stephen that won the leagues. It's you know players win ga- players win games. Managers get too much credit when things go well, and they get too much when 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 things don't go well. Um, it was a team effort up there. That's no, no fault of Stevens. He, Stevens, you know, he, he was the one, the figurehead. But like, really, it comes down to players. And when you've good players with good habits, with hunger and motivation, that's what wins trophies.
9: So, you know, when you look at, this, I suppose you had your opening game already, the President's Cup. You beat Cork City. Do you take too much from that game, or do you tend to just forget about it and move on to the start of the season?
0: No. Uh, listen, it was a, it was a friendly. It was part of pre-season, uh, pre-season program. It was a very competitive game. I can see, it was my first taste of the Cork-Dundalk rivalry. A lot of rivalry there. It was a great game. It played at a very high tempo. Uh, we, we, we played particularly well. So today, um, We were pleased to come out the right end of a, a good result. Um, but it was, it was part of our pre-season programme. Um, we trained yesterday. We'll be in again today. Uh, so it's, it's gearing up towards the season and, and Sligo on Friday.
9: Do you think, because we've seen over the last couple of seasons, it's been Dundalk and Cork... You know, fighting out there's been a big gap then to the third team is it going to be the same this season or can you see other clubs there closing the gap
0: no I definitely think Stephen this year anybody that knows they can run a football Pat's have You know, Harry Harry Kenny's recruited really, really well. Rovers the same. They've been building, you know, building the last two or three years. Waterford are still a very good side. Cork, everybody's telling me that. You know, anybody you speak to, Cork won't be the same. Let me tell you something. Cork aren't going away. And any John John Caulfield team is always going to put up a a, a stern fight. They've earned the right to be where they are, and they certainly aren't going away. So I think it's good for the league that it's going to be more competitive. You don't want two teams, Stephen. You know, running away with it. You don't want a Celtic and Rangers scenario. We want a vibrant league. Four or five teams this year who I think are really going to go hammering tongs at it. Um, you've probably got five other teams who probably haven't got the resources that the, the five I've mentioned to you haven't got, but they will still take points. And I think the league may come down to how well you do against the teams that are in probably the bottom half of the league. If you drop too many points there and you keep your eye solely on your nearest rivals, you can take your eye off the ball. It's a, it's, this is a dog eat dog league. That's the one thing I've learned over the years. You can take nothing for granted. Um, you treat each game with the same respect that. that as every game and if you do that and squeeze as much out of yourself as you can you'll be successful but again I come back to it's down to players players have the hunger and the drive to do it and certainly from what I've seen in Dundalk been there five weeks and it's been an eye-opening five weeks
9: Are you happy with the signing so far this season? And would you like a couple more?
0: Yeah, the, the, the four boys we brought in have been really, really good. Um, McCreary's a, a very good goalkeeper. Um, he's played at a very high level in England. Young Dan Kelly had a s- sensational season for balls last year. And Flores, Jordan Flores and Sean Murray have been two, uh, two very quiet, but the are two excellent a- acquisitions. And again, nobody knows them, nobody's seen them. I've seen them in training the last four, four or five weeks. Well, certainly Murray the last two weeks. Flores has been with us probably four. He joined in fully, full contact training this week. Quality, quality. We are looking to maybe bring in one or two more, but they've got to be the right, the right ones. They've got to fit into the culture that's been built up there, and um, which is very much player driven. Um, if they come up, we, we, we definitely feel we need. We'd like to get one or two more in, but they'll only we'll only get them in if we feel they'll add to the group.
9: You mentioned, um, you know, the culture at the club, and I suppose a lot of that is driven by or has been over the last number of years by Stephen O'Donnell who of course won't be playing anymore, unfortunately. But what can he bring to in his new role around the club?
0: Well. Obviously, he's coming as a, a, a recruitment and 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 our our scout. He's a great knowledge of the game. He, Stephen goes and watches opposition teams that we're going to play. He also has a big, uh, a big, big say and a big help in recruitment when we identify players and um, doing background checks and, and going and watching them and, and getting as much information on them as we can. He's probably one of the best, probably the most respected player in the league. Is Trophy Hall is probably second to none. But the, the good thing about it, he's such a nice guy as well. And, and he, you're right what you say. He's the players in the log, totally, totally respect him. The respect that he's held in is, I can see why you know why they respect him for what he's done. He's still part of the group. Players know that. Um, and I, I think the players are in a good place as well. With it, I'm glad that we didn't that Stephen didn't go elsewhere. I'm glad that he decided to stay with us because I think he's, we've we've built up a really good management structure there at the moment. It's helped the transition. It's been seamless again that will be proven in the next few months with results because it's a result driven business but I think we're in a good place.
9: Pat Huben sensational last year. Can he score as many goals as he did this season?
0: Well all I can say to you is that he missed the first two or three games of last season. He was a bit behind in pre-season last year. This year he's come back like a man possessed. He's actually as fit as I've seen Pat Hoobin be. We've tailored his pre-season. He's worked really extremely hard, but we had a particular pre-season for him um, the first two or three weeks. He bought into it. He's come back in absolutely peak physical condition. And actually, the last two weeks, it's like a button has gone off in Pat's head because he's a different animal the last two weeks. The game against the London, against Longford, and certainly down in Cork on Saturday, I think, I'm not saying sure he's going to surpass 29 goals, but if there's any guy capable of doing it, Pat, Pat Hoobin is.
9: That's bad news for Sligo Rovers supporters making their trip to Oriel Park for the first night of the season. John, what are you expecting from Sligo?
0: I don't know, Stephen, because it's been obviously a, a sea of change up there. Liam, Liam Buckley's gone in. We all know the kind of football that he likes to play. He was very successful with St. Pat's. They seem to have gone out culturally to sign a lot of players from different backgrounds, different countries. It's a new group, um, so that may play in our favour, the fact that it's a new group gelling together, but we'll treat them with the utmost respect, as we will all clubs. It's going to be a tough battle, we know that. There's going to be no easy games in this league, no given games. We've got to do our business right, prepare properly, which we have done, and hopefully get off to a good start. But we'll be treating Sligo with the utmost respect. I think it may, you know, when they get their best 11 on, 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 on the pitch, they're going to be a match for anybody.
9: John, best of luck this year and thanks for your time.
0: Thank you, Stephen.
8: Ronald Murray, how are you? Not so bad. Sligo Rowers for 2019, your, your thoughts on the campaign ahead?
10: Yeah, it's exciting times... Uh... You can feel that atmosphere there in, in, at the launch That uh, everybody's ready to go And now that you can see Friday night coming We're playing at Dundalk So it's exciting and just raring to get going Yeah,
8: you're playing against your old team as well Last time we spoke to you It was before the FAI Cup final. You won a double with Dundalk as well
10: Why are you now a Sligo Rovers player? Uh, well, I enjoyed my time at Dundalk And uh, loved every minute of it But uh, I felt like I needed more time on the pitch And uh, that's why I moved, I moved home and, and played for Sligo was there much in the decision
8: process actually move back towards home again as opposed to living away
10: yeah of course uh, Dundalk was four four and a half hours from home so it was a nine hour round trip so it was tough to see family and friends and, and stuff like that so I think that's important as well in your life that you need um, as well as success and we had a lot of success and I'm, I'm grateful for it but uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to my time at, at Sligo and uh, hopefully we can we can bring the club forward
8: yeah, it's a new fly going in terms of Liam Buckley, new manager, some new players, some players coming in from abroad as well that maybe over here we haven't heard too much of. How is
10: the squad shaping up and how was pre-season gone? Pre-season gone quite well, uh, new players coming in, uh, it's exciting to see what they're going to be like, uh, but it's going to take time to adjust, everything's going to take time to everybody bet in, new players, new manager, uh, so it's exciting. Uh, but it's, it's going to be down to hard work And, and, and getting points on the board daily, doors Getting the fan, home fans on side And uh, getting our atmosphere back in the showgrounds Yeah, because in the League of
8: Ireland Most years, every player who signed for someone You know who they are and who they played for And their history The number of players that Liam and Dave Campbell have brought in Some of them have come from other leagues And, and not too much known about them But that surprise element could actually be a good thing for you guys Against other teams that they don't really know what to expect
10: Yeah, exactly uh, It could be as surprise uh, element to it in the first uh, first round of games and s- see what these players are like um, from what I've seen so far they've been, they've been good additions so hopefully you can bring in one or two more and we'll have a good squad uh, to be ch- big challenging this season Yeah, The
8: fixture list here, Dundalk away opening night, quarter to eight on Friday back to your old club, back to the champions, they have a new manager as well, some new sign-ins but the majority of their squad are there so a team you know quite well and a game you would hope to, to start and, and Um, I know you picked up a little knock but from a point of view of trying to pick up points early in the season
10: yeah well we all know uh, Dundalk's a well-oiled machine by now um, I don't think the change of manager is going to be much of a difference I think they're going to be still that formidable force that they have been in recent years so uh, it's going to be a good test for us and see where we're at as a team and uh, we might have to ride our luck uh, a little bit, but if you come away with any any point, it'd be it'd be successful and, and move on.
8: How bad is your injury, and how long do you expect to be out for? Uh,
10: I'm t- in touch to go for Friday, but definitely uh, fit. Uh, hopefully for St Pat's uh, at home. And Ronan, just finally from the point of view of, of
8: aims for the season, you, know, you talked to Court and Dock Rovers, Pat Waterford, there going for Europe, and then the rest of the teams. You're not quite sure. There's two coming up Finn Harps New City, and then the other three yourselves, Derry and Bowes. You know. Where do you see, obviously points are important, but
10: where do you see things this season in terms of aims? Personal aims is just to try and play every minute uh, that I can on the pitch and, and take it from there, really. As a team, it just depends on how we, we bet in together. Uh, we've done well so far in pre-season. Um, just have to keep the head down and, and, and work hard and, and uh, you never know where we'll, where we'll end up in, at the end of the year. Well, thanks for being here. Best of luck.
8: Thank you. Yeah, Dundalk manager John Gill, and after him, Ronan Murray of Sligo Rovers. Speaking to myself, Jamie Moore, and Stephen Doyle, on episode one of the Off the Ball League of Ireland podcast coming to you from the Aviva Stadium. That game, Oriel Park, seven forty-five this Friday night. At the same time in Waterford in the RSC, top four Waterford hosts top four Shamrock Rovers from last season. That game is also at a quarter date. In a moment, we're going to catch up with the Shamrock Rovers sporting director Stephen McPhail. But first, I've been speaking to Waterford goalkeeper Matthew Connor, and I will warn you: some other bold League of Ireland players were him during this interview. Matthew Connor, welcome to the League of Ireland podcast We're uh, less than a week away now from the start of the new season What's your thoughts on the voyage ahead?
6: Yeah, it'll be a big year for the club um, Obviously to build on what we've done last year as well To qualifying for Europe And obviously the European football ahead of us in the summer as well too It'll be something the club will be looking forward to
8: How's pre-season gone and what differences for a goalkeeper In comparison to outfield
6: players does pre-season have? Um, pre-season's been good Yeah, good couple of results, scored goals Kept a couple of clean sheets as well too So good for the back four, good for confidence going forward um, uh, Pre season, I suppose, just get shaking off cobwebs, getting back into tune, you know, getting used to distances behind the back four and obviously crosses and kicking and that sort of likes. It's not a, maybe not as full on running wise, fitness wise as it is for the outfield lads, but uh, it's hard work in its own right as well. too. Yeah,
8: there's often a the debate between outfielders and goalkeepers. Maybe it's banter, but that goalkeeping training is harder than outfield training and so on. And, and some managers include the goalkeepers in the running, others do extra work with the goalkeeping coach as well. Where do you stand on all of that?
6: I um, ah look whatever works for the keepers I suppose each keeper is different they, they might want different things and it depends on age as well too maybe younger keepers might want to have that bit of fitness work behind them because their bodies can take it but older keepers might want a little bit less work and what's probably more relevant to the game but it's each of their own I suppose
8: Yeah, From your own point of view last season you were competing with Lawrence Figaro for some of the season, and uh, this week uh, Waterford announced that uh, goalkeeper Hugo Ketto has signed from Brighton. He's 21 and he's joined, having played as well in, in Finland. Have you met him yet? And again, you'll be competing for him with your, for your number one spot this year?
6: Yeah, that's it, Jay. He came in there yesterday, so only have one session with him so far. Um... <laughs>
8: Thanks, Conor Kane and Jack Chu, for putting them off. <laughs> for people who can't see, there's people making faces at Matt, so you can get your focus again now. Uh, um... Just on the goalkeeper.
6: Yeah, no, look, Noil and Viggs were, were great last year as well. Too. It was a good battle. Um, obviously, I haven't seen you go too much. we around a similar age. We're both 21, 22 so it'll be a, a fairly even battle. Look, um, I don't think he's too much experience in men's football. I think that's why he's here, so hopefully I might have that to my advantage and, and take it and run.
8: Yeah, you guys will have to balance Europe now as well as the league and the Cups. How will you do that? Because it's a, it's a different challenge for clubs, as Dundalk well and Cork and others
6: have found out in recent years. Yeah, yeah, well, I suppose we haven't got the experience that the clubs at Cork and... Gary
8: O'Neill is now at us. Gary, will you go away, please? You've you're picked a bad no, time boy, to do this yeah, interview. No, we're all leaving, that's a problem. So uh, back to our original question. Europe and the balance, please.
6: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the balance. Um, yes, Cork and Dundalk could have that sort of experience. and you know, Obviously, it's fresh. we we'll have qualified for Europe in 30 years. So I suppose you try and get that right. You try and get squad numbers as well, too. Injuries you know, could be a, a big factor as well, too, if have a small squad going into it. So hopefully we'll have the, the bodies going into Europe as well, too, to, to be competitive.
8: I just finally, the opening game of the season against Shamrock Rovers at home. C has been a great place to play football and watch football since you've gone back up. And even in the year where you got promoted too. So, big crowd and, and a big game. Two top four teams clashing in the opening night.
6: Yeah, huge. It's good to have it at home. Um, we've two difficult away games after that as well too. So, it's good to have Rovers at home in the first game. So, obviously, we know it's going to be a tough game. Rovers are signed really well. to finish the season really strong as well too. They close the 10-point gap we had and then come to the end of last year and overtook us. So, Obviously, this, we probably want to get Bragging Rice back there now as well too and, and turn them over. But look, we'll see what happens Friday night. They've a, a really strong squad. Um, obviously, down in Air Place, we want to make Air Place a fortress again this season. So we'll see where we go. Matthew Connor, thank you, Minnie. You're a top pro with all the distractions.
9: <laughs> Unfortunately, Stephen Bradley's feeling unwell. So I'm joined by the Shamrock Rovers Sporting Director, Stephen McPhail. Um, I hope Bradger's going to be okay for Friday night yeah
1: i be okay yeah, yeah he's fine <laughs> there's no problems nice stuff
9: well, listen just want to ask you first about Shamrock Rovers. obviously the big news this week was that Gavin Bazoolo's transfer went through to Manchester City I know there's been arrangements made for his education over there it's the big question on everybody's lips and because Premier League is so competitive now can Gavin make it do you think in the top flight in England
1: well, it's difficult isn't it it's uh, obviously potentially he's got everything is not he you know he's Sean, at a really young age, that he can deal with the pressures of men's football. He's been around the first-team squad training um, for the last number of years. So, listen, no one can predict where anyone finishes, but he's definitely got the attributes to, to have a chance.
9: Jack Byrne has come into Shamrock Rovers this year. and He's a man who I suppose there was always talk of the great potential that he had. He was at Manchester City under the wing of Patrick Vieira, who spoke great things about Jack at the time. And Unfortunately, it, did, it never worked out from really any club he went to. Can he fulfil his potential, do you think, at
1: Listen, it's hard. It's hard like, cause I, I can't uh, comment on what happened before with Jack. I just can I can deal with the last couple of months since he's been with us and, and what he's done and how he's turned up every day and trying really hard. and um, He's been excellent. He's, uh, he's obviously um, really, really good technically on the ball, so it's um, little bits and pieces that you need to give him on the other part of his game. Like any player, they have strength and weaknesses, so... Potentially, he's, he's all the ability in the world. It's about trying to fit into the team structure, which is, I think, a, a huge part of uh, the head coach, Stephen Bradley's philosophy for him, to try and fit him in, in, into the team. Super player, he's been excellent around the place, he's, he's not missed a day, he's been, he's been working his socks off. So, um, yeah, we're lo- looking forward to it, we're delighted to have him in.
9: What has he got, because as a midfielder yourself, Stephen, and you've seen him up close now, what has he got maybe that separates him from other players?
1: He takes the football, and enjoys the ball, doesn't doesn't uh, shy away from possession. Um, really good technique, um, can see a pass, long, short, um, good decision maker. So he has, he has he has got got a lot of good attributes. Um, like like a lot of our midfielders have, it's good competition in that in that area of the pitch. So um, he'll have a work cut out to sign the in the team or getting the team, um, because there is a lot of good players, and especially in this league. I think it's a. It's going to be an eye-opener for people coming home. Um, I did it myself, and, it, and it's difficult. It's, it's not an easy league to, to fit into straight away, so it might take them time, but uh, we're really confident that we get them right and get them, uh, get them at it. And The signs are good that, that we can get a good player out of
9: Since Gary Tweed left uh, Sharma-Crowers, the club has found it difficult maybe to find a player who can get, consistently get a huge amount of goals each season. Do you think, is there anybody there that can do it this year?
1: Listen... Aaron Green, Dan Carr, we've got players, really good players. We'll hopefully get another one over the line. We're just waiting for some clearances to go through on the next uh, day or so. Um, probably Graham Burke last year would have got 20 goals, but we wouldn't have won the league. So um, a, lot of thing, a lot of people looking into that side of things, but we're, we're, we don't we don't as coaches and as uh, as people that look into the football side of things. I think there's a more all around to, to, to getting a stronger squad a settled squad which we have this year which we're looking forward to hopefully seeing a bit more consistently from everyone.
9: Any hints on the new signing?
1: No we can't speak until it's, <laughs> until it's done there's no point if it might not happen but uh, hopefully it won't be in the next couple of days.
9: Is consistency the big thing that's been missing for Shamrock Rovers in an attempt to mount a title challenge over the last couple of years is that's the is that the key thing Stephen Baldy needs to find this year?
1: Of course yeah the two the ahead of us is there's a gap there we need to bridge and that's that's all we can concentrate on we're not going to stand here and say we're going to win the league because that, that's not what we're focused on we're focused on catching the two ahead of us and try and bridge that gap i think it's a it's a really interesting season this year so we just want to get started and see where can you finish higher than third that's the aim Um try and bridge that gap as i said is, is the most important thing and that we, we give ourselves a chance
9: First night away from home. I suppose you'd like to be starting at home, but it's away to Waterford and really tricky fixture down there, isn't
1: it? Difficult, yeah. Alan's done a really good job down there in the last couple of years getting them promoted and then great achievement last year um, getting a European spot as well. So, uh, always difficult place to go with some great games against each other last year. So, uh, really looking forward to getting down there. And, Getting the season started.
8: You're on episode one of the Off the Ball League of Ireland podcast with myself, Jamie Moore, at the Aviva Stadium today. That was the Shamrock Rovers Sporting Director, Stephen MacPhail, and before him, Waterford Goalkeeper Matthew Connor speaking to Stephen Doyle and myself, Jamie Moore. Now, seven forty-five, Richmond Park on Friday, St Pat's, and their new manager, Harry Kenny. Welcome, Cork City, and their boss, John Caulfield. And Stephen has been speaking to boat managers.
9: Harry, you came in to take over from Liam Buckley, who left the club last year. He'd been there for seven years. Did you feel you had to make a huge amount of changes going into the club?
3: Uh, not a huge amount. Um, there was seven to eight lads I had signed back prior to me arriving, which I was delighted about. It was obviously less work for me. But uh, I did, I've taken in another uh, seven or eight lads as well, uh, new signings from uh, around the league, which I'm very pleased about and delighted with the support from the club
9: and I suppose just the, the model of the club the way the, the, the St. Pat's play football we know under Liam they would have played re, really attacking brand of football is that something you'd like to continue on as well?
3: Oh definitely yeah, I played an attacking brand of football with Bray as well and uh, I am sort of cut from the same plot as Liam was because I played with Liam many years ago with, with Rovers and then um, I was assistant manager there of 2013 when we won the league so we're sort of cut from the same plot and yeah, I'd be playing a decent brand of football
9: You mentioned Bray there, you were going really well with Bray and we we know all about the problems off the field but you got them into the European places I suppose you've just shown what you can do with a particular squad Do you think you have the squad of players there now at St Pats where you can break into that top four and get a European place?
3: Um, I hate making predictions and I can say to you that the usual boring stuff that we're going to um, try and finish as high as possible but... Um, I'd like to think with the players we're after signing and the ones um, that have stayed stayed around from previous seasons, um, we have a squad well capable of challenging at the top end. Yeah.
9: Obviously, the big name signing this year has been Chris Forrester. What, or how did you know he was maybe on your radar, and how did you convince him to come back to Dublin?
3: Um, it wasn't too difficult, if I'm honest with you. Um, I've been talking to Chris over the last number of one months. Um, I've been keeping an eye on one. I've noticed he hadn't been playing with Aberdeen. He had a good season with Peterborough, the season before that. But uh, when he went to Aberdeen, uh, he wasn't doing so well. So uh, I spoke to him on the phone a couple of times and uh, it was difficult enough to get him out because Aberdeen didn't want to let him out. But uh, in the end, uh, not that he forced his way out, uh, he just wanted to come home and be happy again and start playing football. And we were delighted that he came our way.
9: We saw in his previous spells with Pats and with Bowes how brilliant he can be as a player! You know what is it about Chris Forrester that makes him so special?
3: Ah, oh, he's he's fantastic ability on the ball. He sees passes. He's a good dribbler of the ball. Uh, he's a technician. He's very very good, and uh, he's a great creator of chances. And uh, he's he's not a bad goal scorer himself. So yeah, he's got he's got everything um, a footballer could have. Um, we're just trying to improve his fitness at the minute. Um, mm-hmm. He hasn't had uh, too much game time at Aberdeen, so um, we're getting there with him, but we're delighted to have him.
9: You obviously have an eye for young talent as well yourself, Harry. Are there any young players you'd, you'd like to think could make a big impact with the club this season?
3: Yeah, there's a couple of lads in there, yeah. Um, Darren Marky's already made an impact, and he's going well. James Stone is only a young lad. Ciarán Kelly, a big centre-back that we signed from uh, Drogheda. So, uh, yeah, there's plenty of young lads coming through. The academy is uh, very good at pats, like Gerard O'Brien runs the academy and is doing a great job and uh, they were very successful last year through, through the age groups, so there's plenty of players coming through.
9: And do you yourself, do you feel around the club there is a sense of expectation that there's a real, you know, that the fans are really expecting something big from the club this year?
3: I think so. They're they're, they're very good fans. Um, They're patient fans. Uh, I've noticed that over the last two years. They've been very patient and uh, they appreciate the the work that uh, I'm doing and and the coaches are doing. And uh, yeah, there is a bit of an expectation. I try and like to dampen that down a little bit, but you've no chance.
9: And look, it's great to get a home game to kick off the season, but... You're playing against Cork, who have been competing for the title for the last four or five seasons. Is it possible to get a good start against them?
3: Of ah, course it is, yeah. We're at home. Uh, it, it'll be a, a nice marker on where we are a little bit. and uh, you, know, you can play as many friendlies as you want, want, but when the real thing comes around, I think, you, I think that tells you where you're going to be. You know? so We'll see how we get on.
9: Best of luck for the season, Harry. Thank you. Thanks very much. John Caulfield, um, great to speak to you before the start of the new season. I suppose it's the time of year when everybody's going in with high expectations and feeling optimistic. Um, do you think we're going to have a culmination of another Dundalk-Cork City battle for the title this
2: season? I, I don't think so. I, obviously, I think everyone hopes it isn't going to be that way. There's going to be a lot more teams involved. Um, you know, obviously, the are team to beat. They've you know, kept all their players, um, their management team, Vinnie, Vinnie Perth and uh, Rory Higgins, obviously John Gill is coming as well. They've been with the club for the last number of years, so it's a smooth transition for them, really. And they're the team to beat for us. We've lost nine players from last year. We've a lot of new players brought in, so we hope to be very competitive. But obviously, um, Shamrock Rovers and Stephen's experience, the fact he's there now for his third year, you know, and the players he's brought in, Mac and Jack Byrne coming back, you know, has given them a team that you expect to challenge. And obviously, Derry have invested, St. Pat's have invested. So I think overall, everyone in the league. Would hope that there's going to be four or five teams competing, but you know, from my point of view, you know, we need to do the best we can out of Cork, but um, the are certainly the team to beat.
9: You mentioned losing players. Is Kieran Sadler is he the one that leaves the biggest void? Do you think in your team?
2: Well, to be honest, I suppose if you look at goals, you know, Kieran got in the league last year. He had um, 16 goals, so you know, from that point of view, he was a very creative player, a very good player first. But you know, overall, we've lost you know you know Jimmy Cohan. Barry McNamee Stephen Beatty mm. you know um, Johnny Levy lots of experienced lads who have been with the club for a number of years so you know, it all, it all probably takes its toll from that point of view so for, for, for me it's just there's been a number of guys that we've lost and uh, that's just the way it is and you just get on with it and we brought a lot of new players in and they're young and they're enthusiastic and they've trained very hard in pre-season and uh, they're all talented players so we're hoping that they'll gel very quickly well, I suppose like somebody
9: like Alan Bennett, you know, his experience, that'll be really important this season when you have so many young players in the
5: squad.
2: Yeah, it's one of those ones. I think, um, you know, the lads were saying the other day that we have three lads over 30, um, Mark McNulty, Alan Bennett and um, Graham Cummins. You know, most of the lads, you know, are the age between 19, 23, 24, And uh, so, you know, a lot of them are coming through. But certainly, we need Alan's experience. You know, not only at match night, but even around the ground during the week. And uh, but he's already been like that, and he's a great guy. So, um, yeah, we need plenty of that. But you know, we still a lot of talent with the younger lads, and uh, we're just hoping that they can produce on the pitch every week. You mentioned Graham Cummins there. Can he buy more goals in this year? Yeah, I suppose that's a challenge. Uh, Graham got 14 last year from playing the league. You know, great return. He obviously was a little bit disappointed. He felt he could have got close to 20, but that's the challenge this year that hopefully he can. Because certainly, if you have a striker who can get you 20 goals, you're always going to be there, thereabouts. And, um, you know, the previous year, Shawnee had got 22 and then he left, you know, halfway halfway through the season. Obviously, Patrick Holman got 29 last year. So, if you get a striker that's in the 20... Goal mark, would you have a right chance. So um, yeah, that'll be the challenge for Graham. And uh, but we have other lads. You know, Carol Shepherd can play up up top. I um, with one or two new players coming in as well. So we'll see. But certainly, um, you need goal goal scores to have any chance of the league.
9: I read a, um, an interview you did. I think it was at the Irish Examiner. and You were talking about you know how hard it is to bring young players through, and you know that you have to give them. You have to have a bit of patience with them because they will make mistakes you know when you look at turners cross and you pack in so many people there for all the home games is that a bit of a challenge as well because you know, it's great having all those numbers there but when players are making mistakes that can you know, sometimes generate
2: a nervousness from the stands Absolutely and that's the challenge for us this year because we, ha- we, we have had phenomenal support um, over the last five years crowds have been huge and the expectations have been huge because we've been always challenging and there, you know, that is the challenge to the supporters challenge to the management to give the young players time because they will make mistakes but they have talent but I suppose early indications, we played Dundalk in the President's Cup last Saturday. First half, Dundalk were really good, and they were 2-0 up. Second half, we played really well, got back to 2-1. Possibly could he, could have drawn the match. But I think our supporters, 3,000 on the, on, on the day, saw that, you know, there was a lot of talent in the team. So, um, yeah, we just need to be patient. That's just the way it is. But, um, but plus the fact that the younger players have to understand they have to handle Cork, have to handle the big crowds, and they always say that when players come down to, coming on the Cork and for me being there for so long there is huge pressure and um, you have to be able to handle that and that's the difference between whether you can make it as a top player and win trophies or you can't and that's always the challenge
9: St Patrick's Athletic away first I know maybe a couple of years ago Cork seemed to struggle against the Dublin size but not last year you did really well Um, but again St Pat's are a bit of a dark horse and they've signed some really good players so perhaps not the, the most ideal fixture to
2: start off with absolutely not and you know Harry Harry Kenny's after taken charge, and Harry has, has done really well in our league, did really well with Bray before the financial um, restrictions came upon him a, a couple of years ago, he had them up the third, but he's signed really well, obviously, Mickey Trennan, Gary Shaw, Chris Forrester coming back home, um, you know, in the middle of the park, they signed Reece McCabe, you know, Conor Clifford has gone, so you look around their team, they have... Invested really, really well. So, you know, a real outside chance of, uh, of challenging for the league. You know, Harry won't like me to say that, but certainly with the talent they have. So it's a, a really tough opener for us. But, you know, at the same time, you know, all I can do is prepare our own team. And uh, while well, we know it's going to be very difficult, at the same time, if we play to form, you have a chance. If you don't, you won't. But certainly St. Pat's um, will be very, very competitive this year. And, uh, you know, if they, if they start the season well and get momentum, they could certainly challenge for the league.
9: John, thanks for your time and best of luck this year. Thanks very much.
8: UCD are back in the Premier League after a long absence under Collie O'Neill. They make the long trip to the Ryan McBride Brandywell Stadium this Friday evening to face Derry City at a quarter to eight. We're going to hear from Colly in just a second, but first it's new Derry City captain Barry McNamee. Barry McNamee, how are you?
7: Not too bad, well, thank you.
8: Barry, you're back with your hometown club, I suppose. Tell us how to move from court to Derry uh, Cayman and of course you're captain for the season.
7: Uh, well, say, I'm honoured to be captain uh, Obviously, say it's a kinda of long process. Like it took a good two months to decide. No, I've spoken to a few close. took a couple of months then to decide what I wanted to do, but then the day like I worked under decade before and uh for me it was a no brainer once he asked me to come back.
8: Yeah, what influence did the new manager Declan Devine have in your return?
7: Well obviously like, I played under him before, won the cup uh, in two thousand and twelve and in my opinion probably played the best football in my career so far under him, so I'm hoping to <laughs> hoping to go back to them sort of days again.
8: Was there much of a part of the decision going home to you know where you're from as opposed to staying in Cork again from a living point of view?
7: No, not really. Like I really enjoyed my year last year in Cork, and like uh, like you know, there was no problems moving away. Like I enjoyed the year away and enjoyed the change room. Like, it was a great change room down there, a great bunch of lads, and um, really enjoyed my year down there. So it wasn't really a major factor in it. But once I decided to leave, I decided that uh, just with Derry coming back, it was Derry was the right fit for me.
8: Yeah, I've seen some of the videos on social media across pre season. Looks like it's been a, a tough six or seven weeks.
7: Yeah, well that's it. Like you no, know, did a couple of weeks extra on come in kinda of in the middle of pre season and look there's been a lot of days a lot of long days, there's been a lot of double sessions, triple sessions, like a lot of four or five days in a row, whatever it is, but at the end of the day it's pre season, it's where you have to put the work in and every every player's bottomed and you know they've worked as hard as they can during the pre season and hopefully we'll see the benefits throughout the year.
8: Yeah, it's always an interesting Project Derry because it's local players combined with players who, who are moving there from Dublin and from other places as well. How would you assess the squad and and how things have gone in pre season heading into this game against UCD
7: on Friday? Yeah, well again, say so like like from last year's squad, like there's only maybe three or four still left. Um, a lot of change. Um, a lot of new players have come in. A lot of players like myself have come back again for a second stint. Um. So like we're all just can't wait. Like it's a lot. It's a young squad. It's gonna be a fit squad. It's gonna gonna be like there's gonna be a lot of work rate. Like a lot of desire that there's kind of the type of players that he's brought in, and we've really all bought into it the way he wants to do things. So it's hopefully a big competitive campaign, and I mean. Oh, starts U C D on Friday night. Yeah,
8: your previous couple of years there before you moved to Cork, Derry were competing for Europe and qualifying for Europe and so last year they really dropped off in the middle of the season. I'm sure there's a real ambition for everybody there to try and get up towards that top four again, but probably, you know, there's other strong teams going for it as well.
7: As I said, it's gonna to be tough, obviously to get up to them top four teams, but again, like last year whenever they moved into the Brando, the Brando was bouncing like full houses and you've seen the performances and the results they, they were capable of, like so. Again with uh, Deke bringing in like a lot of local lads again and with his whole backroom staff being local people as well like I think the whole city's really going to get behind us and hopefully we can have a good campaign but you know, it's a, it is a young squad and it probably will take us a bit of time to jail so the European spots might be a, you know, a bit ambitious but at the end of the day like, we're going to work hard and be competitive in every game and we'll see where it takes us. you right, best of luck, thanks million. Thank
8: you. With the UCD manager Colly O'Neill, Collie getting ready for a Premier League season how has pre-season gone first of all?
4: It's usual in the college cup, um, trying to match in training sessions with it uh, I suppose you never feel 100% ready but I suppose even if you gave me an additional three weeks I'd still say I wasn't 100% ready but gone as, uh, as well as can be
8: Yeah for those who are unaware of what happens in your European season just explain it because the whole squad plays for the college and they're in the middle of a competitive season so you don't have too many first team friendlies but they're still playing together in competitive games kind of
4: yeah they're still in competitive games but it's it's a little bit different in that you have some players that are probably in the Lancet Senior League team that are winning that college team but um, majority of our games in preseason season is, is college games is Collingwood Cup games um, at least I suppose there's a you know a competitive nature to those games so they can be a little bit better than just meaningless friendlies where there's so many changes so um, but it's tough on the players. It's it's, it's it's a tough pre-season
8: Yeah you've lost Greg Slogger to Derry and Daryl conard to Cork too year Regular players last year, you signed Richie O'Farrell from Pats, and you still have the majority of the rest of your squad there, too. So, how do you assess your, your squad moving forward? And every year, unfortunately, or most years, you will lose a couple and you'll gain a couple and a couple of younger ones who are ready to step up.
4: Yeah, well, that's, that's, it's like a conveyor belt in UCD one goes out, another one gets his, gets his chance. Uh, we have Evan O'Zam now who picked up an injury last night, where it looks like it will be a, a long term one. So, that gives Mark Dignam his chance to, to, to come in and, um, and play Premier Division football. So, it's
8: just the, the, the nature of of UCD it's the way it works your opening game you're probably going to picked a longer trip away to Derry you're sure to be a good pitch though up there and um, they've a new squad I think they've only 4 or 5 from last season a new manager so maybe hard to predict what they'll do but you'll be trying to make your own plan to win the game
4: of, of course it's not just a case of just competing this year it's it's a case of trying to win as many games as we can too. Like, well, I'm not going to set out a stall to go up there and get a, a nil-all draw. It'll be a, a case of trying to play into our strengths and see if we can go win the game. It's it's a, going to be a tough ask. I think it's probably going to be a full house. Um, There'll be a lot of passion and support from the, the local community. Um, but this is the stage we want to be playing at. This is, this is what drove us through
8: all those tough games in the first division last year because we knew this is the stage that we want to be playing on and just lastly do you care that UCD and Harps are tipped by most people to be at the bottom and is it a, an extra motivation for you and the players to show people that actually that won't be the case like last year you beat Waterford in the cup you nearly beat Dundalk you can, you can, you can perform against the top teams I don't I don't use that
4: as a motivation at all you look at uh, what well, Gary and Timmy at 24 years of age are the oldest players that we have every single one of our players is in college I think four players have a handful of minutes between themselves as playing Premier Division football. So it's a no-brainer that what, or tip to go down. But I suppose the one thing people don't realise is the ability, skill, and what those players are able to produce in certain nights. And I think that might be enough just to to, to do better than just just survive.
8: Cheers, Colin. Thank you for being best of luck. Thanks, Jamie. The final game of the weekend is also in Dublin. It's Bohemians hosting Finn Harps. Newly promoted Finn Harps against a new-look Bohemians team under Keith Long. And now we're going to speak in a couple of minutes to Sam Verdon of Finn Harps. But first, I've been chatting to Bohemians' Keith Buckley. With Bohemians' Keith Buckley, Keith, you're at the start of another League of Ireland season. You're excited to get going again on Friday? Yeah, yeah. It's been,
11: um, I think we came in uh, about seven weeks ago, so it's had to come in quick and fast. Seven weeks. We've got a couple of games in our belt, so I'm looking forward now Friday.
8: How has pre-season gone? It's a time of the year that not many League of Ireland players like because it's the probably hardest time of the year to get fit and get ready for the, the big kickoff.
11: yeah now we've um, we've got a lab walking on us who tracks us through the GPS systems and all so um, <clears throat> we're actually that has been based on last year so we're trying to get to them levels again to where we're finished the season you know so it's been good maybe we missed out maybe one game probably playing 90 minutes because of the East 5 so um, hopefully now that we're all ready to go by Friday
8: yeah it's another kind of Strange offseason for Bowes, and that some players have left, some players have joined. You're now definitely one of the senior players with Shane Supple and Dan Casey, Neil Morrison, and others gone. Does that change your role within the squad? Given the lots of younger ones who've come in, especially some coming home from England.
11: Um, similar to last year, as I said before, like that we can be that bridge in between young lads and the older lads. But well, as we're consider that old lad now, you know, if they're probably a bit nervous to go and talk to things, about anything didn't come to me, or I know I can go above to that's who's the captain, you know, I'm the vice captain this year. So it's a different role for me as well. Like I have to be helping everybody in every way I can, you know.
8: Yeah, it's something at Bowes that's been quite common in recent years because the club don't have the budget of the, the, you know, the, the top clubs in the country. Is that hard every year to see some of your best teammates? I know you left yourself and you've come back, so you've actually been in that situation.
11: yeah. I'd say it's hard on the fans and hard on the management also you know, like um they say it every year, but every year they produce every year we they, we we um we punch away every time like so it's a good thing to say for the club and the management that what they do every single year where five, six players go and leave, and maybe some going away i I don't think there's many in the league that can do that every year, consistently lose players and come in and still do
8: good. you've interesting start to the season home to Finn harps recently promoted away to UCD also promoted and then the Derby against Shamrock Rovers on the Monday night so a really interesting first week first 10 days
11: yeah yeah the first two games you know a lot of people are tipping us to be down there with Finn Harps and with UCD league. Like, so it's we need to get points on the board early on quick and early until then I'm glad that um, probably these five games cancelled because you could have been late on coming into the season so um, hopefully enough to get six points from them two first, the first two games and then we'll see that third game whenever it comes you know
8: yeah, does that add extra importance given you said, you know, the likes of Harps and UCD might be around you in the table come the end?
11: Well, like, every point counts. Like, and the People say the point's at the end of the season. Now, oh, three points now. If we can get to six points at the start, yeah, that means we're three points ahead on both teams. So that'll roll in then onto the Monday against Rovers, you know.
8: And just overall, with the way the league is set up again, like if you look last year, Boas finished, I think, sixth, and the previous year, I think, fifth, and nearly made Europe in the end. So people are saying you might not be towards the middle or the top, but if you can put a run together as you have done previous years, maybe the younger players settling, get used to the league, you never know where you might go.
11: Yeah, as we spoke about that, it's patience also. Like with new players coming in, it does take time. If you notice over the last couple of years, it's toward the, the second half of the season where we actually do good because new lads coming in, implant into the squad, into know what we want to do. Like and like last year, the last I think twelve games, I think we maybe won ten and stuff. Like you know, on a couple of If we can do that again, that was a successful season.
8: And just a couple of words on the first game against Finn Harps as well. at told and hopefully the pitch is unfrozen after the these five game. And Harps are coming up; they're a physical team, quite direct, and it'll be interesting battle between you guys this Friday.
11: Yeah, well, that's the last time when I played them when they were in, the pre- in the top league. That's what they were there. But I'm not sure what they are. Probably Hogan, Hog and he's um, he has them well drilled and fairness. He has a great job up there, like so. But I'm not sure if they have to sign a good few players off Longford coming through. We have a good few players up there. Mark Timlin is a great, great player when he's on. I'm not sure if he's um, going to be fit. But it's going to be. A, I don't think there's much football being played in the Friday. It's a battle to get three points and whatever have to do we have to
8: do. And making home advantage count as well at Daily Mount. I know Bows are making a big push this week to try and have the place packed and it's a real special place when it's packed and results have varied in the last couple of years here. I we'll would be hopeful to have a good support to Rory's on.
11: Yeah, I don't think um, the home um, the home points like um, has been tallied up towards away when we've been burning away from home the last couple of years, even when I was away at Bowes it was been the same like so am um, hoping to be them. Um, probably two or three 0 if you can get a like a good start early on the game. But Finn Harps, you know, the resilience, they just dig in and they, they get results, you know you bugged
8: it, thanks for being the best of luck no problem thank you with Finn Harp Sam Verdon Sam we're a week out from the new season your thoughts on the campaign ahead and you're now a Finn Harp's player of course yeah it's going to be difficult like we're under no illusions that it's
12: it's, it's going to be a much tougher task than last year but uh, it's one we're looking forward to and can't wait to get going Friday
8: yeah why are you, are you now a Finn Harp's player Having played for Longford for the previous couple of years um, I
12: suppose Ollie gave me a call and he just sold it to me and um. Yeah, the attraction of playing in the Premier Division as well helped an awful lot, and to play for Ollie and to play with the lads as well. I know a couple of lads before I signed, and since I've gone up there, everyone's been brilliant. So yeah, really enjoying it so far, and just can't wait to get going.
8: Yeah, you played in the Premier League before as a younger player with Pat's as well, and you spoke about how ambitious you were to get back to that level, and that's what Ollie Horgan has given you the chance to do.
12: Yeah, and look, I'm very grateful for that. I can't can't wait to get playing again in the Premier Division. But uh, yeah, um, it's, we played there a couple of years ago, and obviously dropping down to the first division just kind of find myself a bit and back up to it now so uh, yeah I can't really, really can't wait to get going
8: How has pre-season gone and
12: how have you found the travelling up and down from Dublin a couple of times a week yeah, up to Donegal? It's the same question every time everyone asks me it's, it's, it's not too bad trust me it's it's way worse doing it on a bus than it is in a car um, pre-season's gone really well feeling fit um, we've had a couple of good results we've had a couple of bad results but um, look we, we won't know more until we play Friday and even after the first round of games I suppose we can tell where we are And but Look, we're looking forward to it. It's going to be tough, we know that, but we're
8: excited. Yeah, opening game away to Bows as well this Friday at Daily Mount. What's your, your thoughts on that game and a team who, who may be around you guys in the table come the end?
12: Yeah, look, we're, it's, it's, it's going to be a good game. It's, it's, a, great, it's a great first game to have. And Daily Mount's a great great, to play in, so hopefully there's a big crowd there, and you never know, we, hopefully we get a win.
8: How important is it to pick up points against the likes of your Bowes and your UCDs and maybe Sligo and Derry, the other teams, you know, you look at Dundalk and Pats and Rovers and Cork, they might be up towards the top of the pickup points against the teams that may be near you come the end.
12: Yeah, look, we're not even looking that far, Jamie, to be honest. We're taking one game at a time. All we're concentrating on now is Bows. Um, and then the next week we're looking at Dundalk at home, so it doesn't get any easier, but we're only looking at Bows and see can we get um, see can we get a win on Friday and get the campaign off to a good
8: start. Sam, thanks for being a best of luck. No worries, cheers. Yeah, great stuff there from Sam Verdon and Keith Buckley. The full fixture list this Friday. All games 7.45. Bohemians against Finn Harps at Dadyman Park. It's Derry City hosting UCD at the Ryan McBride Brandywell Stadium. Dundalk, the champions, the double winners at Oriel Park. Welcome Sligo Rovers and their new boss, Liam Buckley. It's St. Pats against Cork City at Richmond Park. Harry Kenny against John Caulfield. And finally, Waterford FC against Shamrock Rovers in the RSC, also at a quarter to eight. Now, lastly on the podcast this week... We're going to hear from the FBI competition's director, Fran Gavin, who made some interesting announcements at today's launch. With the league director, Fran Gavin. Fran,
5: how are you? Great, Jamie. Thanks very much. Glad to be here. Yeah, we're just at the end of
8: the league launch for 2019. Some uh, news lines from your speech. What sort of things did you speak about?
5: Well, I suppose we have two competitions that are uh, being announced today. and One is the uh, champions of the SSE SSA, Atrissey League, who play the champions of the uh, Danske Bank, uh, Northern Ireland. Professional Football League at the end of the season Um, and I think that's a welcome one there we'll we'll have further announcements of that in a couple of weeks time Um, but that's very welcome by the clubs uh, and everybody in general and the other one of course is the under 13 National League is going to kick off this year Um, and that gives us a a step on the ladder again the the first step for people for players young elite players under 13s under 15s under 17s and under 19s Um, and that's really been working well and that's building the future of the league that's where our players will come from um, we've also uh, have some leagues outside of that have, don't have representation of senior football like in Kildare in Kerry in Mayo and in Monaghan um, and that's part of the FAI's overall strategy to develop the senior game in those counties
8: yeah this game to north mm-hmm. leads the south as well like, the Satanta Cup was around for years and it was a great competition You know, it stopped for a few years as well so it's the first time that we've had something like this in a number of years yeah. how did it come up and how will it all work
5: well, I suppose it's something over the years the clubs have been saying to was: is there any, you know, any chance of the Santander Cup coming back? because that's what it was known as. Um, and I think this initiative was was between uh, the FAI and the IFA, um, and it'll be initially it'll be the, the, the champions, and uh, for the first couple of years, few years, and it may grow. We don't know, but I think it's just welcome that it, it's a welcome return for it, um, and I think it, it's it's good to see it. it really is. Yeah.
8: What do you expect from the season itself with you know, lots of new managers, lots of new players? Dundalk yeah. changing, Cork same manager, some new players. UCD and Finn Harp's back up as well. It should be an exciting time?
5: I think it is, and I think it's going to be exciting in both divisions, not just the Premier, because I look at the first division now, and I see you know, Shelbourne building, Drogheda building, Longford with Neil Fan, they're a really good manager there. You know, Tim's in, in, in Drogheda... Uh, and Ian is in in, in. and outside of that you've got lots of other clubs around there that are going to be pushing as well Galway under Alan Murphy you know you go through them all in that division in the Premier you're just looking at Dundalk I mean that Dundalk team there they nearly managed themselves at this stage they're really a strong group of players you can see the 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 bond between them now because they, they haven't lost anybody this year they've actually added to the squad they have a new management system in place there you know and I think they're going to be the benchmark but just looking at the match last week when they played Cork in the President's Cup, and you could see it there that that Cork side, John has, John Coffield has some good, very young players there, and they're starting to gel a little bit. You could see that just coming in the early stages. Derry would be very good this year. A lot of good sides. St Pat's looking at what Harry Kenny's doing there. It's under the radar. A lot of good creative players, and I think they'll be they'll be ones to watch as well. And with Waterford, but you can go through them all. It's great to see UCD back. I mean, they're going to be a significantly uh, good team, and it's also great to see. Uh, fin Harps back in there and those derbies up there between Derry City and the derbies... And then when they play the local rivals, Sligo up the northwest, there it's going to be healthy, and that's what we want.
8: Yeah, we're launching the first division as well today, and it should be an exciting league. You mentioned some of the clubs already there, and that starts a week later. It's, it's one series less of games, but it should be another interesting league. And at times, you know, there's criticism that the first division isn't, you know, as well promoted, and the league isn't as well promoted as well. So just your thoughts on, on, on
5: those criticisms and what the first division will be this season? I think it's competitive, it'll be really competitive. Uh, there's a lot of teams there that want to get into that Premier. Uh, Shelburne have put a lot of investment in there. There. Um, in the in the playing squad there, they've a new young manager there. There's a lot of good young managers in that division as well, um, you know, and I think it's going to be competitive there. Uh, we do give it as much focus as, as, we, as, as any league we do there um, and also the clubs themselves do a lot of good stuff around there and, and with social media now uh, we assist the clubs as much we had a workshop this morning all the clubs were there we're available to assist the clubs uh, Trissie will promote it we promote them as well on all our, our platforms and we'll continue to do that whether you're a Premier Division or a Fourth Division team we'll support them
8: and for Andrew, our last two, speaking of, of platforms, TV deals are uh, in the line of this week about Soccer public being cut in half, but more live games Shorter, I think it's 18 games and then 15 minimum for Air Sport too. So we'll have more games to watch, but the highlights package will be a little bit shorter. Are you disappointed about that?
5: No, absolutely not. I think what RTE are, are putting together here is more coverage of the league, not less. I think it's, it's, it's significantly sharper. It's, it's what the modern, I suppose, uh, consumer wants. They want sharper, tighter programmes in there but I think their live games will be really good. Three hours of, of live football uh, and, and analysis and highlights of all the games on the Friday night now when it's a live game that's significant for us. You know, that adds to what AirSport are doing with their coverage which is really good over the last while so I think we have two partners in our broadcast between RTE and AirSport. It's going to enhance the coverage of the league. That's going to be good for everybody.
8: And it's the first launch in years and years that we haven't had Stephen Kenny here as a manager. Well, you could be here as the 21s manager, the senior manager now, but just as league director, just give us your, your views on his appointment and, you know, his loss to Lundalk, but his gain for the FAI, 21s, younger teams, and in a couple of years, time, we would be watching him out the window there, managing the senior team.
5: Yeah, I don't think there's loss anywhere with Stephen. I think Stephen, we're very lucky in the league to have Stephen. Uh, and the Doc and all the other clubs that he's been involved with over the past. Uh, he's a great guy. We're delighted to have him in the, the FAI to be working with him as a colleague now, as a colleague. Uh, that will be great to, great to see, and we support Stephen any way we can. And of course, Stephen, who knows the league better than Stephen Kenny? You know, it's going to have a great, it looks good for the future of not only the domestic league, but our international sides, underage and our senior team. Mick McCarthy's here today. Mick will do a fantastic job for us, and Mick is, 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 knows the league well. It's, Fran Gavin,
8: thank you million. enjoy the season.
5: Thanks very much, Jamie.
8: Yeah, thanks to the SSE Electricity League director, Fran Gavin, for his time. Now, that's it on episode one of the Off the Ball League of Ireland podcast. Thank you very much for listening and to all of our guests. More from all of them in the podcast section, 98fm.com. And we'll be back on OffTheBall.com and all our social channels next Wednesday.
3: Off the Balls League of Ireland podcast. <laughs> Brought to you by the Boyle Sports app. Cash out and in play betting available in the App Store and Google Play Store.